lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy weekend to you, wherever you may be. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour. Glad to be there and glad to be working today with someone we have the privilege of combining efforts with every now and again. David J., how are you today, sir? I'm doing just fine. Not Tall Guy Nathan. Tall Guy Nathan is out of town, and we are lucky enough to have David J. with us for a couple of Saturdays. So happy you're here with us, keeping a, a steady hand on the controls and keeping us on air. All right. Thank you very much. And we hope to keep him entertained today because we have, what is it, visit number 28? Number 28. Kelly Sullivan Walden joins us again today. Always a delight. I'm going to go ahead and give her her partial mad props because if we went through the whole curriculum, it would take detail, the whole hour. That's right. Yeah. So uh, instead, we'll do the short version. Okay. Dr. Kelly Sullivan Walden is an international best-selling author of now I say ten books, but that's provisional Who because knows? she's so productive. I, I mean, she could be up to twenty or twenty-five by now, and I'm not keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> she is an award-winning dreams expert an interfaith minister, a certified clinical hypnotherapist, a practitioner of religious science. I find that particularly intriguing. An inspirational speaker and a workshop facilitator. Also known as Dr. Dream, her unique approach to dream therapy led her to become a trusted advisor, coach, and consultant, enriching the lives of thousands of individuals across the globe, from Fortune 500 executives to celebrities to stay-at-home moms. Her career in dream therapy led her to interpret dreams for Dr. Oz, Ricky Lake, George Norrie, and the list goes on. Kelly Sullivan Walden, welcome once again to Manson Mitchell. Manson Mitchell, Gary and Suzanne, it is always the greatest, deepest pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. This is definitely a potpourri day because <laughs> I am surrounded, I mean literally surrounded by so many Kelly Sullivan Walden things and we're just going to talk about everything. We're going to we're going to see how much can we pack into an hour today with Is this uh, a, Dr. like Dream. it's this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We were Preparing for our interview today in a number of very interesting ways when all of a sudden the doorbell rang and and at the door was a new chicken soup for the soul book, Me and My Dog. And you're in it. You and many, many other stories. This is a, a huge volume over 350 pages of stories and you're in there with one of your dogs. I we, am. So, <laughs> di- <laughs> well, should we start there or do you want to start somewhere else? Oh, let's let's start there. That's a great place to start. So Chicken Soup for the Soul, their format is they usually have 101 
inspirational stories based on the topic. So I, this is a story that was reprinted from, I believe, Dreams and Premonitions or Dreams and the un. un I don't know, dreams and the unexplainable. <laughs> that was another chicken soup for this whole book. But um, this story was from years ago when I telling, it's called My Black Dog. And it's about when I first got my dog Shadow. Um, there was a great Michael Mead. I can kind of tell the, let me tell the Michael Mead piece of it. So I was speaking at an event that Michael Mead was speaking at. He was on the night before I was going on and he, he kind of has, brings his bongo drum out on the stage and he says, there's an old woman who lives in a cave and she's been weaving a weave since the beginning of time, millions of years, and it's almost finished, but she's hungry because she's been working hard. So she puts down her weave and she goes back into the cave to eat her stew. Meanwhile, her black dog, who'd been sitting at her side, starts to get curious about what she's been weaving and begins to sniff and pull and tear and gets and has so much fun that eventually he just rips the whole thing apart. And by the time the old lady comes back to her rocking chair to finish her weave, she sees that she has to start all over again. So she picks everything up and begins to weave. And then Michael Mead stops drumming and he says, who's your black dog? Who's the one that just when everything is just about perfect, just about finished, just the way you want it, comes in and screws the whole thing up, is out there in politics doing everything wrong in your family at Christmas when everybody's happy, just says the thing that sets everybody off. Who's your black dog? Well, be grateful for the black dog. Because without the black dog, the weave would be finished and finished and perfect. And that means done, over, dead. The black dog keeps the world spinning and it keeps you creating, keeps you weaving. So be grateful for the black dog. So I sat there listening to him just in tears, not exactly knowing why, but I knew I was going to be speaking the next day and I couldn't wait to meet him. But I came home to our little guest house, Casita. We were in New Mexico staying at our friend's place. And um, at, right as we're approaching, we hear our friend George say, hey, there's a black dog on the porch, but don't worry, he's she's friendly. I'm like, a black dog? What? Oh my God, after hearing this, like, oh God. Anyway, the dog was friendly and I said, sit. She sat. And I gave her a little bite out of my to-go food little doggy bag. And and she she was very polite and she walked right in and she had no tag on, nothing. And it turned out she'd been astray and she came home with us and she became our dog Shadow for the next, I don't know, almost 10, 15 years, a long time. And that dog proceeded to tear everything up just as Michael Mead kind of predicted ripped our the interiors of two of our cars to shreds she ripped the inside of the house she was had attachment issues anyway she was very special and I wouldn't have traded her for anything and um, she lived up to that name but she did pass a few years ago and I guess I'll just kind of bring us up to date so the, I didn't know this story was going to come out but um 
it had been a year since Dana and I had been dogless. We'd been, we'd had dogs for the last 23 years since we'd been together, 24 years. And it was the first year that we hadn't had any dogs. All of our dogs had been, had crossed the rainbow bridge. And, and as much as I missed them, I also was kind of like, I like having a house that's not ripped to shreds and abandonment issues all over. I, I kind of liked having some me time, <laughs> but we went to a Christmas party and everybody was lovely and fabulous. And there was this one very odd man at this party. He looked a little disheveled, maybe homeless. He had a dog that was equally as disheveled. Nobody was talking to him. And I just, and I heard a voice saying, talk to him. So I introduced myself, asked him about himself. It was very lovely, intelligent, fabulous, told me all about his dog and asked me, what about you? Do you have a dog? And I said, oh, no, I don't. And I told him the story of how we didn't have a dog right now. And he changed tones entirely and said, shame on you. Shame on you for being a dog person and not having a dog. There are so many dogs that need good families. You should have a dog. And I and I was like, oh my God. And then he kind of walked away. <laughs> I'm like, what? Nobody does that. Nobody just, I mean, people shame in more subtle ways. This was an overt shaming. And I told Dana about it. I said, is that a message from God that we're supposed to get a dog? And he said, probably. So the next <laughs> day I get the message from Chicken Soup for the Soul that this story is going to be running about a black dog that my, you know, a previous dog. I thought that's an interesting little God wink. The day after that, my friend Jen came over for dinner and brought a little dog that she was fostering that happened to be a teeny little black Pomeranian puppy that she couldn't find a home for because she also has abandonment issues and all kinds of hitches to her giddy up. But she said, I think this is your dog. And I said, yeah, I think you're right. So now I have a new black dog. <laughs> the one-two punch. <laughs> Thanks to that man whose name was Gary, by the way. <laughs> God bless Great Gary. Sorry, Kelly. Great story. <laughs> isn't it amazing how things in our life, the events in our life, the themes of our lives tend to fall into place with our, without our having to push, without excessive striving, Things happen that need to happen for our highest good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just mysterious and beautiful and blessed. And I am madly in love with this new little dog that I absolutely would not have gotten right now because we, we're going to be traveling. We've got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of good reasons not to have a dog. But the m many, many miracles and precious moments I've had with her, I wouldn't trade for all the convenience of, you know, not having a dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So chicken soup for the soul strikes again. <laughs> it does. It does. And we will put that on our shelf with, uh, with all your other books. We have a section on our bookshelf, the Kelly Sullivan oh. Walden section. Oh, that's and, so and as a matter of fact, you're really kind of all over the house. I have to be honest with you. <laughs> Because I wake up to a luminous humanist, 365 oh. days, and I've now been through that book two or three times because it's not a brand new book. Right. And um, Gary and I started um, 
taking a, a hero's journey dream oracle card once every Saturday. Oh my goodness. Since we got them in December of 2018. So this is now five years, and I actually keep track of the cards that we pull every Saturday. And I also note on there how many times we've pulled that card because sometimes we're completely amazed by a card we've never seen before. Like, oh my gosh, we've been doing this for years and you just pulled it for the first time. And then there are cards that we've pulled like a lot. Yeah. And then and then that we have to pay attention to because we've pulled it a lot. Like, oh. why are you getting that again? And yeah. today Gary got 10,000 angels and I got X marks the spot which was absolutely perfect for me because I have lots of spiritual teachers around me this week for our homeowners association meeting on Tuesday. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and so uh, these cards are just so perfect for us. However, <sighs> however, and and you you say with your uh, oracle cards that you know you can like do this every day, and and I, I said well I can't do it every day because I'm reading luminous humanness every day and I have the awakened dreamer cards so we just do this on Saturday. Well, what do you think arrived in the mail? <laughs> luminous humanness oracle cards and wild animal wild dreams animal cards and i said to gary now what are we gonna do we do more cards We're she's overloading cards. us oh my she's god overloading us but before i get to to that i just want to talk ask you kind of um generically mm -hmm. you've you've written quite a few books as dr dream about dream interpretation and um You've done many a workshop, and, and I have been to one of your workshops about dreams oh, yeah. and dream interpretation. Mm -hmm. And now you also have the oracle cards. I don't get the sense that you're necessarily shifting from one to the other, mm. but that you're you're actually on two tracks. Do I have that right or do I have that wrong? Are you are you moving from one to the other or are you actually doing two things simultaneously? Oh, I I think they overlap. There it's a it's a yes and because I okay. like the I mean to me they're they're different expressions, they're different uses. I like for example, luminous humanness that was it started off as a book and then I was finding out from some people that the way they were using the book Luminous Humanist was like an oracle. They would flip to a random page and use that as their message as opposed to just the the message that was written for that day. I thought that's an interesting way to use this book. And so I kind of pulled my favorite messages from the book and turned it into an oracle deck because some people don't sit down and read. And, uh -huh. you know, some people prefer... I, I'm I'm kind of the same way. I mean, sometimes I'm I'm in the mood for a book. Sometimes I just want a a message as part of my get up and get out the door kind of a thing. So I feel like they serve different purposes, and I I think I'll continue to do to do both. I mean, at this moment, I've got more books than oracle decks in mind. But I think once I write a book, a, an oracle deck will probably follow that supports it. I think. 
I saw Gary about to say something. But yeah, no. <laughs> very, very interesting. Well, I'd go one of two directions here. Yeah. Um, we're on the Oracle, the Wild Dreams Animal Oracle. Brand new, drew my first card, dog. There, so that's appropriate to our occasion <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to divination, there's something that creators of Oracle decks want people to get. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, they're mass marketed and that's great. Mm -hmm. You know, sell your product. I hope you sell a whole bunch and mm -hmm. make a lot of money doing so, though I know that is your not, not your primary motivation. But that begs the question, Kelly, mm -hmm. what is your primary motivation? In other words, what mm -hmm. is the it that you want us to get? Oh, well, I think to your point, I think the world is our oracle. I mean, we could take a walk in nature and pick up a random leaf or a rock and say, this is my message for the day from God. And there we could see a face in it. We could feel an energy, feel a vibration. We don't need an oracle card. We don't need a tarot card. We, we don't need a physical thing that we buy somewhere in order to give us a message from God. God is speaking to us 24-7, 365 through our dreams. It's It's... It's just a, like we are constantly being communicated with. But as humans, often when we get kind of locked into 3D mode, paying the bills, doing the things, we can sort of feel cut off from that higher realm. And we all want to kind of live in heaven on earth where we have that access, where we feel it, but we don't always feel it. And so to me, what I want people to get is what I what I want to get and what I do get from these cards. So I can feel like I'm in a very concrete mode, but I shuffle the cards, pick a card and I read the message and it all of a sudden shifts me. It's like shifting in the car or changing the radio station to a more mystical perspective where I'm remembering, oh, that's right. I am loved. Oh yes, I am in the right place at the right time. And it's always a different message that applies it. And so there's also a little kind of spooky do 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 element to it that's like oh my god i was just thinking about that person and so it feels like it kind of realigns me like a little chiropractic crack snackle snapple pop <laughs> snap crackle pop um to get back in that alignment and i love that it doesn't have to be fancy we don't have to know how to do a tm meditation we don't have to go to the himalayas we don't have to fast for many days on end by closing our eyes, taking a breath, shuffling a card, it tends to do that for us. And then the and then we're kind of off to the races there. And then and so then we're kind of realigned. Um, so that's what I hope people get from it. Just a simple realignment. And then maybe they learn something about mythology. Maybe they learn something about their animal totems. Maybe they learn something about their spirit. But um, I feel like it's a very subtle way to get kind of a spiritual nugget as we go about our day. That's a great explanation. And it reminds me of the concept of synchronicity. Yeah. You get what you get when you're supposed to get it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there was a, I was in my husband's studio, which is next door. And I, there was a giant spider in the bathtub. And I was like, ah, and I'd noticed it the day before, but I didn't, I thought I was hoping it would crawl down the drain by itself and it was just there and I'm like this is this makes me just not want to come in to be in his studio so I'm like okay I got a big glass and I 
kind of went to great lengths to take this spider out. <laughs> and and a little later, Dana and I were pulling cards. And of course, I pulled the spider card out of the deck. And I thought, what are like, that's out of all the, the 44 animals in that deck. I was just interacting with a spider. And then here, spider shows up in the deck. So it caused me to pause and remember, I'm not just living in this fragmented universe that is mundane and and boring. I'm living in a mystical universe and the and its nature is speaking to me and it's giving me a message and it calms me down and it it feels like ah I'm realigned. So yeah. <laughs> you know I, what I've discovered from reading your books over these years that um we've had you on and we've talked, you talk about your dream life and you talk mm -hmm. about dreams that you have in your sleep. Yes. You also yeah. talk about waking dreams. And it, it leads me to think that you may see what we call the conscious life as a dream life, as much as the subconscious life when we're mm -hmm. sleeping is a dream mm -hmm. life. Yes. How, how, how are you with that? What, what is that for you? Like, oh. are, are we waking dreamers? I think so. I mean, if from one perspective, I like to think about the thing that Buckminster Fuller says about how we are hurling through space on spaceship Earth at hundreds of thousands of miles an hour. <laughs> like we and we and yet we're like, oh, let me do my taxes. Oh, let me do the laundry. And we 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 can get so ordinary about that. But we are in an extreme this is extraordinary that we're talking with each other in different states while hurling through space together. It, this is amazing. So this is a dream. I mean, this is like, who concocted this? It must be God. So the, and there is always, I find, a direct relationship to what is immediately happening in our lives, whatever struggles, whatever breakdowns, breakthroughs we may be having in our waking life and the dreams that we have. If we remember a dream from the night before, there is always a corollary. The dream when we're asleep tends to be more abstract, tends to be where there's not as much logic in the through line. But if we look at it, decode it, we see that it is always giving us some kind of a boost, some kind of an insight about what to what to release, what to move toward. It's, they're always interlinked. It's just that our waking reality, our waking dream seems to have a bit more logic to it. So there's, it's a bit more sense, but not that much more. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> We've yeah. talked about dreams so many times with you because that was our introduction to you years ago as Dr. Mm. Dream. And we've talked about, you know, people not remembering their dreams but how those really are messages and they're probably very similar messages to mm -hmm. the oracle cards. So if mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. if you're not going to remember your dreams, if you're not going to keep a dream journal or remember yeah. it, then it makes sense to me to pull an oracle card in mm -hmm. your waking state that as you said makes that connection with the metaphysical. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Well, it's I always think of the goal every day is to get to the roof. 
And it doesn't matter how we get to the roof. It's about just getting there. And we might end the roof. Once we're at the roof, we're like, oh, I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. I can see everything sort of makes sense when we get to the rooftop of our own consciousness. When we're in the basement, when we're in the weeds, things don't make sense. Everything's like, oh, why me? Why does this always happen? And why are they so bad? And uh, But when we get to the roof and it's like, ah, everything's clear. And we might get to the roof by meditation, by yoga, by chanting, by prayer, by paying attention to a dream or buy an oracle card. And those, the oracle cards and the dreams, and they all overlap to me. But those are two ways that I personally get to the roof. And so that's, so I, we, we teach what we most need to, what we both need, what we most need to receive. So I kind of stay in my wheelhouse to a certain degree. Yes. And I, this is, this is a way, and it's a way that everybody can access. You don't have to be psychic to get there. You don't have to be a highly trained empath. You don't have to be a monk. You can be an ordinary person. Everybody dreams. That means everybody's basically a shaman. Everybody has access to the roof. Everybody can pick a card. And so these are ways that we can just kind of hijack. What is it? We can um, hack the system. (laughs) It might seem so hard. How do I get to that roof? There's no obvious stairs to get up there. Well, try this. That'll get you up there. And then you can come back down, but with the awareness of what you've seen from up high. We were talking yesterday about thinking and thinking about thinking and the interaction (laughs) between the subconscious and the conscious thoughts. Yeah. And, you know, I, Gary and I were saying we're actually having a similar conversation today with Mm. you because it is all about being more um, deliberate in your thinking Mm. to get to where you want to get. Otherwise, if you don't use your dreams, if you don't use anything Mm. that is a Mm. metaphysical tool, then you're just constantly reacting to things right. from your programming. It's and so and true. so, you know, I think what you're talking about is here are some tools to use to get out of your programming and get into a higher space where you're really at choice about things. Oh, that is so true. I yeah. may have shared this with you before, but a, a, a friend of mine who's a therapist, um, her perspective is that all problems stem from us being overly concrete and every solution comes from the abstract part of our mind that thinks Mm. symbolically and thinks in that out of the box kind of way. Like Einstein said, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. So in other words, there's another mind where the solutions reside and it's just upstairs. It's just in a higher place so we can tap into that and access what we see there and and let it trickle into what we're dealing with so it's not about checking out becoming so heavenly minded that we lose access to earth but checking in with that higher abstract thought and then and then bringing it in um and so I just got so abstract that I forgot about your question what what was the question you asked uh, I think <laughs> whatever the- it was you've answered it <laughs> That's the trick. It's like trying to be the bridge. Can we reach up high and stay with one toe on the ground? And every once in a while, my toes lift off. And I'm like, wait, wait, what did you say? (laughs) But yeah, it's magical. I mean, we get, you know, kind of whipped up in it. And it 
It's like, oh, life is good because, oh, I know, kind of tying back in. There's a lot of problems going on in the world. If we're going to yeah. be if we're going to be concrete, if we're going to look, if we're going to measure everything, which is fine to do, we need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we could get pretty overwhelmed and pretty depressed and we could lose. We could think, well, what's the point? Let me just party hardy shop till I drop. Let me just check out. But when we when we do access those higher realms ourselves, we realize, well, we may not be powerful about every single thing on this planet, but we're powerful over a couple things. We have some, we have some, um, there's, there's some part of us that has authority over a few little things. And one of those things is being able to raise our own vibration, is being able to bring some of that higher vibration into our own painful places and then help to elevate those painful places up to a higher realm. We can do that so that we walk around in this world, not of the problem, but we carry the solution with us. And I mean, that's kind of the basic idea. And I think our dreams are one methodology that helps us do that in a very, it's kind of in a non-ordinary way. And so we can be in this world and not of it. I know that's a platitude, but really, I think, you know, that's, that's the game. We are talking with Kelly Sullivan Walden. She's basically a shaman, but she's not your basic shaman. (laughs) That is evident by now. Let us take a couple of minutes and then we will come back and continue this conversation and find out where it's going. It's always somewhere good when we talk with Kelly. We are Nancy Mitchell. Thank you for tuning in. We will be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com. 
I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell and our guest this hour, our very special guest this hour, one of those friends we have yet to meet in person, Kelly Sullivan Walden. This is her 28th visit today. And Kelly, if people would like to find out about any of your many, many books, Gary said 10, but heaven knows it could be more by now. Or Oracle decks, <laughs> social media, website, anything you want to say where people can find you, tell us the best ways. Oh, my heavens, you are the sweetest. Okay, so um, kellysullivanwalden.com is, is where to go. And as I often say, if that's too hard to spell, you can go to I had the strangest dream.com. It all leads to the same place. And there's a bookshop. I think we call it the Sweet Dreams Shop. And my books are there. And yes, there are 10. <laughs> and I'm working on another, but that might not be out for another year or two. I don't know. <clears throat> Seven Oracle decks and um, a couple of apps and things like that. So, um, when you go to my website, kellysullivanwalden.com or I had the strangest dream.com, you can get my free jet set dream interpretation work um, worksheet and also an ogle worksheet. That's about how to transform something difficult, the tragic into magic. And Facebook is Kelly Sullivan Walden Dreams. Instagram is Kelly S. Walden, same for X, formerly Twitter, Kelly S. Walden. TikTok is a little silly. I did it so fast. I put Kelly Sullivan Wald because they we ran out of letters. So that's my TikTok. <laughs> I'm like, okay, who cares? And <laughs> and I'm on YouTube as well and LinkedIn and all those fun places. And what what I have coming up is a dream work practitioner training. And um, if you go to kellysullivanwalden.com forward slash dreamwork. You'll see that. And I've got my my podcast, which is the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show. And I've got some new episodes coming out soon. That's on mindbodyspirit.com. And I think that's basically You're out it. there. You're out there, girlfriend, <laughs> in, a, in a whole bunch of ways. Oh, God. And one of the books I wanted to mention in particular, because as I said, our introduction to you was as Dr. Dream. I had the strangest dream and a lot of dream interpretation. And then I felt like you took a pretty radical detour. <laughs> when you, you know where I'm going. I kind of do. <laughs> when you wrote, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. And I have to say, Kelly, that is my favorite book because it had such a huge impact on me personally. This is a book where you are very frank, very, very open. And when I read that, I thought if Kelly can do that, this is an inspiration for everybody to tell the truth. 
and uh, and I and I think uh, of all the things you've written. Yes, <clears throat> dreams are fascinating. Yes, you are the dream expert. But if you also want to take a look at something that is quite different, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. Is is quite an impactful book about our own thinking, our own behaviors, our own personal stories, and how we can transcend those. And and I have to believe, I mean, I have to believe that after you wrote that book, um, that it, you exposed so much of yourself in such a thoroughly honest and authentic way that um, I would believe it, it had to change your life too. Wow. <clears throat> to write a book like that. Yes. Well, first of all, yes. And I have to just tell you, it, it really touches me that you that you shared what you shared that. I mean, I don't want to sound morbid, but I feel like oh, I could die now, but I don't want to die. I mean, I no. want to live for a long time, but I feel like, oh, uh, in many ways, because you and Gary represent um authorities in the mind body spirit world that i have been a part of for a long time and that i still have that i still want to be a part of and there was a part of me a part 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 of me that thought i'm going to write this book and be excommunicated i might never be invited back to manson mitchell i literally was like what if what if what if and and that was a risk i was willing to take and i and i didn't want that to happen but it mean it's so matterful to me (laughs) that that you still have me on and Mm -hmm. and um and that it would mean a lot to you and because it did it did feel like a risk it's kind of like being in relationship with somebody based on kind of the the bells and whistles the unicorns and butterflies but i say and here's a snake and here's a here's a my little toad (laughs) aspect of me. Do you still like me? I've got toads. Yes. (laughs) The shadow side, you know, the the various shadow sides, the things that we've done that we really don't want people to know about or talk about because, you know, they're embarrassing or, you know, we feel bad or something like that. And you tell the stories in a way that are um, motivating people to be honest about their lives. And that was one of the reactions that I had. Well, what am I trying to hide? You know, I, I need to just be honest about my life. If she can put that in a book, then I can be honest <laughs> about my life too. Oh, so, yeah. oh that makes and, me so happy. Is it feel, it, it comes from, I mean, there's been, obviously I do my best to practice what I preach and my, my operating principles with dream work, especially with the scary nightmarish figures is that they're all beautiful, that they all play a role. They're all a part of our psyche. There's just like in the internal family systems, IFS world, no bad parts. And when I noticed that I had been hypocritical, that I had said to my clients and to the world, no bad parts, every every nightmare care, comes bearing great blessings, except for me, <laughs> except mine. And when I, when it was called out, when I was called out on it and kind of shamed once again, I think every once in a while, I'm not a fan of shaming anybody, but every once in a while, when those things happen, we, 
we've got to look, or at least I had to pay attention. Like if I'm being shamed by somebody who's calling me out on something, I want to live in such a way that, that there's no shame in my game. And the only way to do that is for me to properly love the exiled refugee parts of myself that I have sequestered to the outest, outer, outerest parts of my closet. Outerest? <laughs> I innermost. Need to, no, no, no. Innermost or outermost. Outermost. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to embrace yeah. them all because right. I want right. to, I, I want that freedom for myself. And I also want to be somebody who walks or talk. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to my attention that I'm not doing that, well, that hurts like hell. My ego hurts like hell, but sure. it also... I believe that it's all a blessing. The universe is speaking to us. So it was very freeing for me to put all of this in into this book um, as a memoir, but also like a self-help hybrid memoir mm-hmm. so that other people could see what this formula is. And I use it a lot. And I find other people use the Ogle formula and it just gives me um, no greater no greater pleasure than to hear that it's helping people to get freer because we really don't need to walk around carrying 10,000 pounds of baggage behind us. You know, we, it's possible to be freer here on planet Mm -hmm. earth in this limited time that we have. So let's, you know, so yeah, that was me putting, that was like self-love in action with an exclamation mark. I'm so glad that you liked it. Don't know about Gary. Gary's like, well, Cal, (laughs) I kind of liked you better before when it was rainbows and unicorns. It's interesting you should say that, Kelly, because rainbows and unicorns have their place, which gives me an opportunity to bring up a question I wanted to ask you today. Great. Yes to rainbows, yes to unicorns, but also yes to the practical necessities of life and how to navigate those successfully. I like to think that a lot of what this show is about those things. Yes, we do take the metaphysical view of life, but it's important to be practical. Keep your feet on the ground. That's important to do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so I ask myself questions like, and and this one I will just toss to you, Kelly. (laughs) I ask myself, and I wonder how you feel about it. Have I had experiences? Have you had experiences, whether it was with the help of a medium or perhaps Mm -hmm you experienced a synchronicity. Have you had experiences that convince you, not suggest, but really convince you that our loved ones, including our pets, our companion, our furry companions, Mm -hmm. actually are in a spiritual dimension of life. And that moreover, we can look forward to reuniting with them. Mm. It's a lovely thought. That's the rainbow part. We talk about the rainbow bridge. Is there a rainbow bridge? And are they, whomever they may be, actually waiting for us for this glorious reunion? Great question. And you, I always love the way you you put all of that together. So thoughtful. Um, I just recently interviewed Dr. Raymond Moody, who I'm sure you've had on your show Um, I imagine you guys would love each other, of course. And uh, what I loved in the conversation was that the tides, they seem to be a turning where instead of 
how can we prove that there is a hereafter, that there is a thereafter, that there is heaven? I think it's changed. There's so much compelling evidence that there is a, there is that our beloveds do communicate with us, that they, that there is another realm that they go to that when we die, we don't just fall, that we don't just cease to exist, that it's turning. Now, like, how can you prove to me that there isn't life after life? Can you prove to me that there isn't our loved ones that are speaking to us? That's what I think the real question is. There is empirical evidence. And I love that he talks about not just the near death experience, but the, where you, where you're in a, God, what does he call it? It's like a dual near death experience when there's more than one person experiencing the phenomenon, which adds extra credibility when two people are in the same place. And I've had a number of those where there's just no explaining it. It's just like, okay, this world is not just what we see with our, our five senses. There is more going on. And those moments, I mean, so it's, and there's enough, I mean, Reverend um, Raymond Moody has spent his lifetime documenting evidence that is factual for the people that would be cynics. So yes, I believe we are, we are interacting with layers and layers and multiple, multiple expressions of heaven and people on the other side, our pets and our loved ones. Suzanne, you were taking some notes. What what was that? I, I wrote down <laughs> gravity. That's what I wrote down. Gravity. Oh. You uh-huh. cannot prove gravity. Oh. You can if you drop a pencil, yes, the pencil drops. The pencil dropping does not prove gravity. Oh, and so when you're in the when you're looking at the scientific realms and and people saying, "Well, it's not scientific or you can't prove to me that there is another dimension. You can't prove to me our loved ones are still alive in another dimension. My response is, well, you can't prove gravity either. Mm-hmm. There and you is can't no prove measurement. love, which right. is what our worlds revolve around. I mean, how you can't measure that, but does that mean it doesn't exist? And in some way you can. Yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, Lynn McTaggart and there's so many scientists that are kind of operating here that that are proving that there is something to this yes. energy that connects us beyond realms and doing experiments which i think those of us in the metaphysical world we don't need that proof but there's some people that are not quite in the choir but maybe want to be but need a little nudge that nudge exists talk to mm-hmm. eben alexander who was you know harvard professor who was absolutely an atheist who experienced so you know, there's, if we're looking for the evidence, we will find it. And I love what Elizabeth Gilbert says that, that we really should look for signs of God, like a man with his head on fire looks for water. If we Which do that, we'd be in a hurry. <laughs> we'd be, yeah, we'd be, there it is. There it is. Let me find it. Let me, instead of, well, let me just evaluate. Is that really water? I'm not sure. We, like, Douse yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think um, at this time, I, I'm having this sense mostly from the people that we've been talking to in the last uh, period of time. I was going to name a period of time, but I don't, I'm not even sure when. Um, I, I think there's this real sense about people 
um, uh, uh, gravitating toward some experience and expression of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long time, especially when we were first on the radio, I mm. was spouting about my, uh, you know, anti-religion. They're all mm. made up by man anyway. And, mm-hmm. and so all these rules and regulations for these many flavors, hundreds of flavors of religion is mm. is all man-made. And then we go through the period of, well, I'm spiritual, not religious, Mm-hmm. But but I but I'm having this sense that many people, whether they say it or not, are really looking for a connection to a source, mm-hmm. and they know that they just you know didn't spring up out of nothing. That that we are there is that unified field in which we are all connected, and I'm hearing it more and more. So that I'm I'm sensing that this has become increasingly important. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Especially, I think, you know, I mean, I if we look throughout time, we could always say that life has been difficult or there's always been challenges. But when people are hit personally, I mean, there's wars going on right now. There's horrors that if we don't have some kind of a context for what brings us, what gives us some sense of hope or some sense of, all is well, or some sense of a bigger picture, where in that bigger picture it all sort of makes sense, then we, we're just kind of prone to despair. So I think religion has helped to give people some kind of a toehold on something higher. And um, so, you know, it's always a good time for that. There's a an atheist friend of mine, I don't have many atheist friends, <laughs> but this one friend, over the years of getting to know each other, he's he's become much more spiritual. I mean, I would say, wow, like, wait, I don't even know that you can call yourself an atheist anymore. He's like, well, I kind of can. But, you know, he's kind of now secretly very spiritual and, and right. having more from like an experiential place, which we can't there necessarily figure right. out God. And sometimes yeah. by putting it under a microscope, we kind of you know, we poke too much at it and, and we, and it could kind of flatten the tires or could kind of smash it. But I think when we do have some kind of an experience, we can, we can hold on to that. I think it's a difference between our head and our heart, because with our Mm -hmm. head, we do Mm -hmm. want to have an answer, you know, give me an answer. Cause I know it's not this ritual. I know it's not that flavor of religion. I know it's not this, it's not that, but when you have an, an experience of um, a, a synchronicity, uh, of an, yeah. a message from the other side, some sign that um, you that it seems like really crazy metaphysical. Yeah. Then, then I think your heart opens up in a way where it is it is um, affirming to you that you are part of the entire cosmos of sentient life in a way that you know you're not alone. Yeah, it's so true. I was just writing today, um, what did I call it? I said right-sized God. 
there's some kind of um, the sense. I was thinking about the book "Don't Sweat, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff." P.S. It's all small stuff, and I was kind of having a rebuttal in my head. It's hard to not sweat the small stuff if there is no God, if there's no kind of big God, no sense of the grandness of the universe that we're connected to. If I'm connected to the grandness of the universe, then everything becomes small stuff after that. But if there is no God and I'm making my relationship God and he disappoints me, oh, I'm going to sweat that. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to I'm going to have to do something or if I have no sense of God but there's something wrong with my house or there's something wrong with the somebody that I love then I will sweat sweat sweat. It's not small stuff to me. But if God's in the right spot in my head and you know I'm not a bible thumper at all but I do feel like God and for people call it by many different names the the universe, the love intelligence Gaia, whatever you want to call, I don't know, not Gaia, but like goddess, whatever it is, that's that bigger energy. The moment I'm tapped into that in a big way, then everything else becomes small stuff and I cannot sweat. Otherwise, I am just a sweaty fool. Yeah, very good. Very good. We're, We're wrapping up here in the last couple of minutes. And speaking of rainbows and unicorns, the very mm. first card I chose from Wild <gasps> Dreams was a unicorn. Oh my god! And hang on, the 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 dog card that is my the last dog I had that passed away. That's a that's Priya. Oh, my nice. yeah, that's what yeah. Gary picked. We were wondering. Oh. He, he picked the dog, and I picked the unicorn. Oh, and we, we loved so our cool. cards. We oh, loved our cards. Wow! Oh, like, that's wonderful. Yeah, the dog yeah. card tends to represent you know, the domesticated aspect of our wildness and our loyalty and who we're be who and what we're being loyal to. And ideally we'd be loyal to our higher our spirit and and then the people that come in close to that. And the unicorn is like, oh yeah, miracles exist and I am one of them. <laughs> wow. And the yeah, I that's the those are fun cards to pick. We so are having fun. And now we have different days of the week to pick cards. <laughs> you need a calendar. So a yes, schedule. we have it figured out. Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, Wednesday, and you know, other stuff. So Oh, I we love have you. Guys. It figured out. We we like our Oracle cards. We are using them to our benefit. And uh and want to thank you so much for number twenty eight today. Oh, 28 that is the sacred it's a sacred day i'm gonna have 28 cupcakes or do something 28 times i love you guys thank you so much for not kicking me out after i wrote a crisis is a terrible thing to waste and for for just making 28 great made me feel even closer to you that was that was a wonderful (sighs) book wonderful book great oracle cards all kinds of good dream stuff so look up kellysullivanwalden.com and connect with her because she is one of the most interesting people I know. One of the most <laughs> interesting people on the planet. Well, that's true too. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. You've made my day. I love you guys. Thank All you. right. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for joining us once again. So much love. Thank, thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Have yourselves a great Saturday, a great weekend, and a great week ahead. 